subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, we started the show listening to Sam Pittman. You know, we and Christian and I were kind of kicking it around all of the things that we've had anxiety about going into this season, into this camp. And wide receiver has been at the top of a lot of people's list. Here's what Coach had to say yesterday about, and I think it's interesting what he was concerned about. We were concerned about all these other things, and I'm not saying the things he listed weren't on our list, but probably not at the top of a lot of people's list. Here, Here's what he wanted answers to primarily heading into camp. My biggest concern was linebacker in depth coming in. Tight end and linebacker in depth. And I believe with Spence and Sanford coming on uh, along with Manny Powell, I think we'll be fighting at linebacker. And with what we had at tight end and the additions that we had come in, I think we're going to be just fine there too. So those were my two biggest concerns along with are our tackles good enough to win offensively games in SEC? And I, I certainly believe in them as well. We'll get to the O-line conversation in a minute, but you know, I, I know coaches measure their words in these moments and sometimes they're speaking to their players and they want to lift them up or, or bring them down sometimes, but I, I found it interesting. Maybe I'm reading something into it, Chuck. He didn't go into wide receivers there. That's been the area I've been concerned about, and I think a lot of our listeners and our texters and our callers have listed that. He didn't have any comments about wide receivers in his list of most concerns. Well, I'm sure he's concerned, although concern could mean a lot of different things concern and worry are different you know they're different things but you know we focus on receivers because that's where the ball goes and that's understandable um i heard multiple things in what he said right there i also heard the last part of what he said uh where he talked about the tackles and he said i feel good about them that's not the same as saying I think we're going to be okay there. That's not the same as saying I think we've got depth there. I do think he's happy with what's developed at linebacker. I think the addition of this guy from uh, Cincinnati was a real key there. The the focus, you know, a lot was on, uh, you know, the Greer kid out of South Florida. And from what we understand and from what it looks like, he's doing a lot of running with the ones right now. But um, this Jaheim Thomas from Cincinnati, um, he's evidently a pretty good player. And, you know, they've uh, Jordan Crook's back. And he mentioned Manny Powell and some other guys who are stepping up. And, of course, we know about Pooh Paul. So, you know, in a 4-2-5 or in a 3-2-6, um, if you got five who can play, you can win. Now, you can't have many people hurt, but you win some ball games if you got four or five there. And I know he'd like to have six or seven, but I think that's a pretty good group. You know, one of the things over on the tight end side, I think this kid from North Texas is evidently a player. This uh, Varkis Gums. Gums, yeah. Um, sounds like um, he's doing some running with the ones as well. A lot of the focus has been on Luke Has in terms of the newcomers, and rightly so. And I do think that guys like Washington and Bax are maybe being forgotten about. But it sounds like, you know, the kid from North Texas is good and is going to play. So, you know, that gives you four guys right there at that spot Mm -hmm. that you can go to. So, yeah, I think there's, um, you know, I think there's depth all around. And I'll be very frank with you. I I think this is going to be a pretty good team. I think he's got a good team. Now, what that's going to mean in terms of wins and losses, I mean, the other guys got good teams too. You know, everybody's playing. You know, you look at LSU and A&M and Ole Miss and Alabama in succession. Well, they all think they're going to be good too, and they probably are. So I don't know what it's going to add up to in wins, but this is a this is going to be a solid competitive football team. Yeah. So should we relax our anxiety about wide receivers, or is this just – 
a place he didn't get to in the conversation. And, I, and my anxiety about it is, well, we don't have any proven SEC level guys. They, they've played, but it's been at a much different level than the Southeastern Conference. Is, is that a reasonable concern, or, or, or am I just reading too much into what Coach didn't say? Well, I think anxiety is a little strong term on that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think people ought to have anxiety over that. I mean, guys, you know, rosters change, and um, you know they've got a chance. When you again, when you look at what they've got lining up there, I mean, you've got experienced players, and you know, you know, Tesla talked about some of the physicality of defensive backs at this level as opposed to, you know, what they saw before. You're going to see probably more man-to-man than zone. My point is you see a lot more zone at the D2 and D3 levels. Um, So that'll be different for them. And I'm sure that there will be some adjustment. I I mean, to say there's not going to be adjustments a little naive, but I don't look at that group. I think they got six, seven guys that they can line up there. You can only put three or four out there at one time. You mentioned Isaac Tesla and some things he said. He was one of the players that spoke yesterday. And I think that also says something, the fact that you know, there was only a couple of players that spoke along with Coach after practice yesterday. This point I've made about it's, you know, haven't played at the SEC and making the comparisons, you know, in his case, D2 to the SEC. Here's, here's what he said after practice yesterday. The skill level of the DBs and just how smart and physical they are is something I never really face at the D2 level. Obviously, you know, that's more of a tribute to the SEC than it is like a knock on D2 because they're like obviously a ton of good players where I was before. But definitely just, you know, the physicality. And I didn't face a lot of man-to-man back at Hillsdale. So here, learning how to get off man-to-man and press and stuff like that is something I need to adjust to. Yeah, so, I mean, he understands the challenge. He laid it out right there. And he's seen what we hope to be SEC-level defenders and corners in practice. But that's one of the reasons, I think, if you say, well, I'm going to wait and really hold judgment or really you know, form my opinion after the LSU game, I think in that regard, that's a reasonable position. Well, you know, uh, I think, again, we're, we're, we're kind of getting bogged down in, in just, just certain spots. It's easy to do. New receivers provide low-hanging fruit. But this is – it all works together. When he talks about tackles, that's got as much to do with those wide receivers as anything out there. And you may not think so on the surface, but it is. And when you talk about being able to run the football – you know, being able to, to, to average four or five yards a pop, six or seven maybe on first down when you run the ball, that affects your wide receivers as well. You know, I promise you this, if Arkansas is facing third and eight and they're bringing the house, it's not going to matter if it's man-on-man or whatever. You're not going to make the majority of first downs there. You're just not. Yeah. I don't care how good they are. Yeah. So... You know, I, I don't I don't have real concern about the receivers per se because I think if they do the other things well, these receivers are going to look pretty good yeah. because they've got a good quarterback. They've got the potential to have a good running game. They're going to have a good screen game, I think, and they're going to utilize the tight end. If they do those things well, those receivers are going to be fine. If they don't do those things well, we're going to talk about – those receivers as though it was their fault because that's where the ball goes and that's what we pay attention to and again it's 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 easy to understand so i think these guys will be fine but i think it's got as much to do with the entire offense as it does with them individually you can call or text us on the mcclarty daniel hotline get a few opinions in on this conversation Uh, the mcclarty daniel hotline open now 877-377-6963 bill in northeast arkansas with chuck he thinks we're going to be all right there harry in salem listening this morning but a couple calls from north central arkansas uh he's got some concerns about the wide receiver just because it's unproven at this point so tell us what you think all right mentioned mention the offensive line because nothing nothing's going to go well unless you get these tackle spots figured out coach talked about depth and he really kind of perked up a little bit yesterday if you watch the press conference and it's available at hitthatline.com he he always perks up a little bit when talking about his offensive line we still have battles going on you know up there tykees and harris and chambly probably are the ones that are in the most battle there at their spots you know just because you haven't played doesn't mean you can't play I like our tackles. I like Deb and I like Kudis in there. I think Lemmer's playing at a high, high, high. And, and Latham. I think Latham, both, they're both playing really well. 
but there's still battles with Braun and Tykeist and and uh, obviously Harris. We think he can play several spots, but he's obviously has an opportunity to play for us in Chambly. Lloyd Wiggins is a guy that I think he's going to end up being our at the least our backup center, and that's man that helped us big time by being able to leave Kudis out at tackle. I like the group. They're a smart group. Josh Street's come on too, and I think right now he'd be the tenth lineman in the two deep. So he's done a really nice job as well. Hear that last part there? Tenth lineman. I mean, yeah, Chuck, there, Chuck, there was points where they couldn't even practice in the last few years because they didn't have enough to, to really go. Two uh, deep wasn't even a conversation. So, I mean, that that's encouraging just to hear that you know, there's 10 guys there that I don't know how many names he rattled off. I didn't run tally marks. But that, that was a number of guys that, that he mentioned, and it, it does sound like the, the depth on the offensive line is, is, is real in his mind. Doesn't mean 10 guys are going to play. Nope. Uh, I think we should point that out. Um, there, there's going to be a fewer number of that 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 play regularly, um, but coaches always worry about what do we do if the next play results in an injury to this guy. You know, how are we going to? Um, that's what keeps these guys up at night. You know, we sit here and talk about, you know, are the wide receivers as a group going to come through? That's not what keeps a coach up at night. What keeps a coach up at night is what's going to happen if Bo Limmer gets hurt on the first play from scrimmage. What are we going to do with all these linemen? That's 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 what keeps him up at night, and it sounds like it's still keeping him up at night. Mm-hmm. But maybe he feels a little bit better about it than he did before. He's always said Kudis could play. He has always said Kudis could play. Now, it, you know, uh, Marion Harris and Tykees Crawford, they may be interchangeable parts. You know, they're, uh, those guys sound like, you know, they could play guard or tackle, perhaps. Uh, Shambly on the left side with Manuel. Um, it sounds like when you and, and it just sounds like at this point. First scrimmage is tomorrow, but it sounds like Manuel's the guy at left tackle to beat right now. And but there is going to be competition there, and there better be. I mean, there better be, or you're not going to be any good. I thought the other thing he said in there, you talk about depth and what do you do if something happened to Limmer. He mentioned Wiggins, Amari Wiggins. He talked about him back at Media Days. I think he talked about him when he joined us on the show a few weeks ago. He brings it up again yesterday. And then just you're talking about those chess pieces and what keep, keeps them up at night. And he mentioned it there. You know, a good number two center eliminates a lot of other need for change and, and, and the chess pieces on the board moving around. Well, only a head coach at media days and then at the 48 hours before his first scrimmage talks about the importance of a backup center. Only a coach does that. Mm -hmm. Some fan may to try to make themselves feel like they're a smart fan, but the reality is that's, that's what coaches think about. And that's what camp's about for these coaches. That's why he didn't mention wide receivers. Because he's got six or seven guys there that he thinks can play. That's why he's happy with the linebackers now. He thinks he's got six or seven guys who can go. He's not as concerned about tight end because he feels like he's got four players who can play. You can only play two at once, and you don't do that very often. You can play three, I guess, but that's a rarity. <laughs> My point is he feels good about his depth at those spots. When you listen to what he says about the offensive lineman, he doesn't feel quite as good. That doesn't mean that he thinks they're going to be lousy. He just means that we're not to the point with that group yet that we may be with the others. But the good part in that is when he talks about guys like Crawford and Harris, they're not cemented into one spot. You, 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 you don't look at either one of those guys and say, well, if Tykees Crawford can't play tackle, he can't play. Or in Marion Harris, if he can't line up a right guard, he can't play. They're not players like that. You can move them to different spots. And that's what he's talking about. But again, only a head coach brings up a backup <laughs> center at SEC Media Days. I mean, that's just what they do. It's how they think. And um, Because, again, it's cliche-ish to us. It's cliche-ish to us when you say a guy's a play away. But when you're the head coach, it's a 24-7 reality. And you get the wrong guy down at the wrong time, it'll wreck your season if you're not ready to put somebody in that spot. And so, yeah. again, that, that's, that's what they think about it. But it does sound like they're a lot closer there than maybe they were. Well, sometimes we get, so too, we'll find out we get too caught up that 
this skill player, this quarterback, or this this receiver, this running back's the most important person on the team out of the 11 as far as what happens. And sometimes the coach knows it's the right guard or it's the tackle because I have nobody else there. If, no if it goes down, it screws Absolutely. everything up. During the summer months, I know many of you are active, going to the lake, going to the beach. And if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's Factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Well, we are closing in on that first game. 21 days from tomorrow is when the Razorbacks take the field. Just ask the question whether or not you'll be there. Yesterday was also the first full padded practice. Had the day off on Wednesday. Yesterday was the first one. They're back at it again today. Then a scrimmage tomorrow. It's interesting the things that Sam Pittman had to say following this first full padded practice. And we, we spent some time this morning talking about areas of concern. Here's what Coach said he was concerned with starting camp and some answers. Uh, he's gotten some answers to some of the questions he's had so far. My biggest concern was linebacker in depth coming in. Tight end and linebacker in depth. And I believe with Spence and Sanford coming on uh, along with Manny Powell, I think we're going to be fine at linebacker. And with what we had at tight end and the additions that we had come in, I think we're going to be just fine there too. So those are my two biggest concerns along with are our tackles good enough to win offensively games in SEC? And I, I certainly believe in them as well. Now, you know, Coach generally doesn't come in if he had real concerns and just lay that out. Man, I don't know if we're going to be good at linebacker. I don't think that that was ever going to be part of of what he said. But I just find it interesting the areas he chose, and there's there's probably a reason he 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 pointed out those two areas on both sides of the ball. But uh, Chuck, we spent time talking about wide receiver and can these guys play at this level? Coach has asked the question about concerns. He goes to linebacker and he goes to tight ends. Well, he does, and I mean, he, 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 you know, he mentioned some names there that, you know, have to do with depth more than anything else. I mean, he talked about Brad Spence. You know, Brad Spence is a freshman out of Houston, Texas. He, he's not talking about a guy that's going to crack the two deep there. He's talking about a guy that, you know, gives him seven or eight guys. Doesn't mean these guys aren't good players. Doesn't mean they're not going to play a lot of snaps in the future. But what he's talking about are the guys that, and, and again, it goes back to what we talked about a little bit earlier. It's those third and fourth guys that keep coaches up at night. And, and those are the ones that he's talking about right there. I, I, I doubt very seriously if, you know, we, we, we talk about, and I say this respectfully, but I doubt very seriously that 
we call Brad Spence's name a lot this year in, 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 in terms of linebacker play. If we do, it means players have gotten hurt. But that's what coaches think about. They think about, what am I going to do if this guy gets hurt? And that's why he brings up those spots, because he clearly had concerns about what their depth there would be like in the event frontline players went down. Um, but it sounds like at those positions, he's got guys who can play. Um, I think they got four or five guys at linebacker who can play. I mean, like play. Not just, you know, be there and somebody gets hurt, but can actually be players. And I think there's some other spots. I think you have four guys at tight end that can play. Mm-hmm. I mean, can can play. So I think they're going to be okay. The tackles, you know, he's talked about that. I'm not sure that at all five offensive line positions, you've got two guys, different guys, ten total, who can play. But you don't have to play ten. They've got interchangeable parts up there among their backups. Crawford and uh, Harris come to mind. You've got other guys who can move around. You don't want to, but you can if you have to. So um, when coaches talk about their concerns, they're talking about the guys we don't talk about that much. When we talk about our concerns, we're wondering whether this 6'4 guy can catch a pass. So we just have different ways of approaching it. Yeah. I mean, I just think about the linebacker group you've had the last few seasons, and it hadn't resulted in, you know, you know, uh, historic wins in the last 10 years for sure. But you think about Morgan, you think about Poole, you think about Henry, you think about Sanders. I mean, that it's been a pretty good group that you've had at linebacker. So I, I, I find it hard to believe you're going to get any better, but you know, perhaps you can. But you've had four really good players in the last few years filter through there. You've had good ones. Um, their numbers have been very good. But you've got to have good ones at all the spots. And sometimes stats can be a little misleading, even in terms of total tackles. Sometimes they're, you know, if, 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 if one guy's got a bunch of tackles, it's reflective of a breakdown in a certain area, uh, just, just to be real honest. And I'm not suggesting that was the case with those guys. But what I am suggesting is I think they're a lot more solid at the other spots than they were. And I think they're fine at linebacker. You know, uh, again, in a 4 2 5 3 2 6, um, you don't have to have, in the old days when you were playing three linebackers every down, you better have eight or nine who can play. But I'm not sure that you have to have that anymore, and I think they got enough. One of the areas that last year you, you had to lean on depth was at quarterback because K.J. didn't get through the season, had a game or two that he played really banged up, and we know about a couple of games he missed last year. And the LSU game at home is one that, because of the outcome and how tight it was, was uh, is always going to kind of be be there and stick in your crawl a little bit. He, he talked about the, the depth at quarterback yesterday and uh, where, where we're at with the number two quarterback because I think with a running quarterback, we all know it's going to be hard to get through the year without – leaning on that at, at particular times. Jacoby Criswell is one heck of a quarterback now, and so is Fortin. Criswell has a, an, an elite special arm, and he can fly. They've both done a nice job. Criswell is really playing well. Sounds like he's got that number two spot pretty well locked up at this point. Sounds like head coach wanted to keep you motivated, too. Uh, because the reality is, if the season goes well, KJ plays well, Jacoby Criswell is not going to play a lot. I mean, that's just the reality. doesn't mean he won't be a great quarterback in the future. It just means that I mean, you're not going to take KJ out. You know, you're not, unless he gets hurt. And if he does, clearly, you know, you want to be better than you've been in that spot. It certainly sounds like they are, but you got to keep that backup quarterback playing well. He is moving towards being the heir apparent. I don't know if he's there yet, but it sounds like he's moving toward that. But the reality is he is the backup quarterback. And we can't say out of one side of our mouth, man, it's important that KJ play all 12 games. And then on the other side of our mouth, say, man, you got to find a way to get Criswell out there. Um, He's the backup quarterback. And hopefully, hopefully, um, he's going to be a good backup quarterback and a guy that if you have to go to, you don't feel like there's a huge drop-off. They're at least not as sizable as it was. But Jacoby Criswell's job, in my estimation, from the outside looking in, and that's all that it is, is from the outside looking in, he's got a chance to be the starting quarterback when K.J.'s gone. And that means he needs to have a good year doing the things that we don't see, yeah. that his coaches and his teammates see. 
Now, he's a redshirt junior transfer. Moralton product went to North Carolina, for those that may not be uh, quite clued in on his on his track and where he's been, but uh, you know, phenomenal high school quarterback, and it just just didn't pan out at that time for Arkansas to bring him in. Um, you know, I don't, and I, I lose track with KJ, the, huh? Hey, KJ. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I lose track with the COVID years and who's who's got that extra year, but I just see red shirt junior transfer and. Uh, you know that that makes you believe he's got one more year beyond this that he could could maybe be the man at that spot. Perhaps, am I right on that, or do you know? I'm not sure what I'm is. Not, uh, I lose track. I shouldn't put you on the spot like that, but I lose track because of the COVID stuff and who has maybe that bonus year and, and where well, that factors in. So again, I I don't you know I don't want to get bogged down on the minutia. I, I mean, he's the backup quarterback, yeah. and you know let's let's uh, let's not read anything more into that. It's than there is it sounds like he's got a chance to be a great one and again he is moving toward being the heir apparent but this is kj jefferson's football team and i i feel very certain in hearing what sam Pittman said there that he, he's happy with jacoby criswell he sure is mm-hmm. but he wants to make sure jacoby criswell is a motivated quarterback because it's the reality that he's not going to play as much this year as he'd like in all probability, well, unless KJ gets hurt, you hope that those first few games go the way that, on paper, they should. And Arkansas would have a comfortable second half lead in moments in the second half that you could see both Criswell and Fort. Uh, you, know, you like, you, you know, that's what you would like to see is not in because there's injury, not forced into the game, but opted into the game because the game situation dictated you get to play those first few weeks. So hopefully, we'll end that opportunity. Well, we're just talking about for our own personal enjoyment. We want to see him, so they hope you know we hope he gets a big lead, and you know they put him in there. And it'd be nice if you, if, uh, you could get him in there. And I'm sure they're going to try to do that. I mean, down there in his part of the state, he'll have a lot of people there. First game, I'm sure they'd love to get him in there. Um, and, and you know, if he does come in, it means Arkansas has had a good day. So. Again, I, I think there will be times when we do see him, but I, I don't think in the in the in the big ball games that you're going to take KJ out just to just to take him out. Well, hey, you're just talking every Friday about Baxter Health, compassionate care beyond measure, the services that they offer to those of you who are listening in North Central Arkansas, uh, Southern Missouri, and really areas beyond that as well. Well, if you're an LPN and you're looking for a job, they want to talk to you. If you share their commitment, if you are passionate about making a difference in the lives of patients, they've got full-time positions with benefits currently available. Sign-on bonuses up to ten grand, based on your experience. There is an LPN acute care residency program. That's for new graduates. They've got an upcoming start date on September 18th, if I can get it out right. You can learn, you can grow your nursing career through the residency program at Baxter Health. If you'd like more information, you can contact Kim Beavers. She's the recruiter at Baxter Health. 870-508-1070. 870-508-1070. Baxter Health, compassionate care beyond measure. couple texts in the McClarty-Daniel hotline, 877-377-6963. Jamie May says should be able to get Chris Will in early in the season for sure. Big leads are his friends. That's what we were you know, talking about just a moment ago. And uh, JT in Hot Springs blaming Chad Morris for not recruiting Jacoby Criswell because he had his son committed. That that, that might have might have played a part part factor in that. But uh, I know Arkansas from talking to people in Moralton didn't didn't go all out on Jacoby's uh, recruitment, or at least in their perspective, he didn't. But you talk about the whole town coming with a kid. I'm sure that people in Moralton. Uh, are energized this year a little bit more for Razorback football because they're guys on the roster. Hey, they got Criswell, they got Pinion in basketball. Yeah. Moralton's got a lot to pay attention to. Yeah, something, uh, something, something better than Petty Jean Meats, perhaps. And Petty Jean Meats are pretty good, so uh, uh, that's 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 good for them down there. It's uh, I know that's. Uh, Favorite spot, Cody McNabb, their coach, just a super fella. And uh, I've talked to him a couple of times about Jacoby and being up there. And uh, he's uh, he couldn't be happier about getting to see his guy in person a lot more this year. You know, we talk about be nice to get the backup quarterback in there, and it would be. But be nice to get a backup tackle in there. You know, mm-hmm. be nice to uh, – uh, we focus on the quarterback, and that's understandable. But it would be nice to get a lot of those guys some reps. And, 
you know, that's what it's all about. It's just, you know, it's just reps, just like anything else you do. First time you step on the radio as a teenager, you're probably not very good. Yeah. But you keep doing it, and eventually you figure it out, theoretically. And um, I'm sure that's a, you know, that's a similar spot. All of them are that way. But hopefully there'll be lots of position players that get reps against Western Carolina. Yeah. Going to have a little bit cooler weather this weekend. Uh, Sam Pittman talked about getting some heat yesterday. I don't think we pulled a clip from this, but... Uh, you know, he talked about early on that it's been cooler weather because of the morning rains. We had some rain this morning, but he was talking about he's he's happy to get some heat yesterday. And uh, you know, he said it's a balance between trying to have productive work and stay out of the heat, and then getting the heat for conditioning. So I I think uh, you know he's looking forward to a morning scrimmage tomorrow and and seeing what productive snaps they can get out of that tomorrow morning. Oh, you know. Coaches are funny. If it's a hot day, man, I was worried we weren't going to have any heat. And if it's a cool day, it's like, well, I'm glad it was cool today. We were able to get some things done. So you just kind of roll with it. And it's, uh, we suspect it's going to be hot for Western Carolina. Hey, it's going to be hot for Kent State. It's going to be hot for BYU. It's going to be hot down there in Baton Rouge. Probably still going to be hot in Ole Miss and Alabama. So, you know, that's, uh, that's part of it. They well. know that. One place it's not going to be hot come next week is that indoor facility. He uh, he laid that out. They, they, they're behind on the air conditioning project, but Saturday night he said they got to shut the power off and the whole football operations center going to get the the air conditioning finished up. A lot of people don't know the indoor workout area that's been around. What is back when Houston was here when they built that thing when Houston Douglas coach uh, that particular part uh, doesn't have air conditioning and uh, that problem is being solved uh, and I guess we finished up over the weekend. Well, it's got big fans. You know, it's got big fans. I'll tell you, it, it, it's always held the humidity well inside that. Uh, you want some heat inside going that there. building? Yeah, it's. Uh, you can tell it's not air conditioned. That's a that's a massive air conditioning project yeah. right there, though. Absolutely. Fantasy football season is here, and Buffalo Wild Wings is your headquarters for your draft party. Buffalo Wild Wings has draft kits that include a draft board and player stickers. You won't go hungry with this dine-in fantasy bundle for your draft party. Get 50 traditional wings, 50 boneless wings, two trays of party wedges, party-sized chips and salsa, and a party queso dip, all for only $150. Plan your fantasy football draft party and get more details at your Buffalo Wild Wings in Fort Smith, Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, and Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Beer. Wings. Football. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Yesterday was the first full padded practice for the Razorbacks in preparation for the 2023 season that is now 22 days away. Get all those numbers right. Yesterday, wide receiver Isaac Tesla, a senior transfer who's amongst a group of five different transfer wide receivers into the program, spoke after practice. He's one of the guys that has not played at the Power 5 level. He laid out some of the differences he's already seen through camp in the SEC versus Division 2. The skill level of the DBs and just how smart and physical they are is something I never really faced at the D2 level. Obviously, you know, that's more of a, a tribute to the SEC than it is like a knock on D2 because they're like obviously a ton of good players where I was before. But definitely just, you know, the physicality. And I didn't face a lot of man-to-man uh, back at Hillsdale. So here learning how to get off man-to-man and press and stuff like that is something I have needed to adjust to. Another one of those wide receivers that's expected to contribute in addition to Tesla this year is Andrew Armstrong, another transfer wide receiver. Tesla spoke about him yesterday as well. I'm running around and I look over my shoulder. Next thing you know, the ball's going down to Andrew. 60-yard touchdown every other play. I mean, that dude, I mean, for how big he is, his size and speed and savviness is just crazy how good he is at, you know, getting in and out of breaks and stuff like that. But also being able to just burn by a DB, he's a real dog. Those, that's an area we've discussed throughout the morning, Chuck, but two of your transfer guys that I think are going to be heavily leaned on, and I think in a lot of people's estimates, expected to be in your starting wave of wide receivers. Well, they're going to be in the rotation, that's for sure. 
you know, there's six or seven guys there that will be. That's a, you know, that's a fairly deep spot in terms of, you know, candidates. I mean, when you look at, you know, some of the guys that they expect to play and they think are going to play, um, you know, those are those are good players. And, I mean, they brought them in here to play. But Broden's good, too. We didn't see him in the spring. Um, Jaden Wilson's back. You know, Stevens is back. Satania's back. We didn't even talk about Bakke. So I mean they've got uh, they got guys there who can play. I, I'm I'm not as concerned about that spot as a lot of people are. I, I'm I'm more concerned about and I know it sounds boring, but I, I'm more concerned about the tackles and the wide receivers. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But you bring up Sam Mbake. He was brought up in conversation after practice yesterday. Heck yeah, he's going to be able to help us. Mbake is a wonderful person, and he plays uh, 90 miles an hour all the time, and it's important to him. He has improved in every aspect of his game, speed, strengths, awareness of, of what he's doing. Mbake will be on the field as much as anybody this year. So they, um, you know, one of the things you got to think about, excuse me, one of the things you got to think about there when he talks about being on the field as much as anybody, if you've listened to the breakdown of how guys are placed on special teams, if you're in the top three, you're going to play on two special teams. If you're in the top six, you're going to play on three special teams. Beyond that, you're going to play on four. Right now, I would guess that Bakke's on four special teams. So he is going to play a lot. Now, whether or not he's going to be out there as a defensive back as much as some of the others, I don't know. You know, they'll determine that by how they practice and play. He's in the mix. There's no doubt about that. But he's a guy that he's either going to be on three or four of the special teams. So he is going to be out there a lot. And, you know, we talk about their base maybe being 4-2-5 primarily, but Hey, there are going to be plenty of times when they got six DBs out there. And, you know, he might be a candidate, uh, you know, at one of those points. But, you know, Bakke can play. And, look, you want guys who are good players who are still fighting just to get time. That means you got some good, good, good players on your team. Three weeks from tomorrow, the very first game, September the 2nd, Western Carolina. The game will be played at War Memorial. You can hear it right here with Quinn Grovey. And um, who's that other guy that does the games with Quinn? What's his name? Yeah, some guy. Some yeah, some guy. Name. Chuck Barrett or something like that. He'll he'll be along for the broadcast. Three weeks from tomorrow, we'll have coverage beginning at 10 a.m. here on ESPN Arkansas for a 3 o'clock start. That's your Hog Update, and it is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Well, the Fence Man's back. We ain't seen you in a couple of weeks. You had a little vacay over in Hawaii, and I, I, I was thinking about, I don't know if you guys seen the news coverage um, early this morning, but I saw the, the yeah, pictures in the back. wildfires in Maui on the Big Island. You were in Honolulu, but yes. it made me think, Chuck, that they were mentioning names and cities and places is right near where that Maui Classic was played. You know, when we landed last year in November to go, um, it took us probably two hours to get to the hotel because of a wildfire. And it was windy that day, and we sat and watched it, just a small one. Uh, We sat and watched it grow in very, you know, in just a short amount of time. They got it under control and eventually opened the highway back up. But, no, that's that's the real deal over there right now, it sounds like. Well, I tell you, the the shocking thing we got over was the the diversity of the – the landscape like one side of those islands or get like 400 inches of rain right and they're super tropical and beautiful and then the other side they get nothing and it is that desert look and that's where i think a lot of your wildfires are coming from because they just the just crazy how the trade winds and everything get over there and yeah. it was it was definitely an experience yeah, just uh, for those i've not been to hawaii but just watching the news coverage for those that have been i can see why uh it's it's so disappointing to, to see that this morning all right let's get well, into it Go ahead. Maui is a beautiful place <laughs> yeah. yeah beautiful place never been that's all you hear all right let's get into it our fence man friday picks
Fenceman Friday Fix. Call the Fenceman for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fenceman. We ain't afraid of no work. All right, ties out today. I'll let Christian pick the games. We're actually getting a little better uh, pool to pick from. Christian, what, what do we have uh, for this weekend? We've got a little NFL preseason. The Jacksonville Jaguars at, at the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, Cowboys ja- and Jags. Jags are a four-point favorite. No Whoa. way. They are. Hmm. I need to put a line season. on this. All right, Fitz, man, we'll let you go first. Sean. They got a better backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah. you, you guys know me. I'm I'm not a Cowboy fan, but I sure am a fan of all my customers here in the, <laughs> the River Valley, Northwest Arkansas, Oklahoma, you know, north side of Texas. So go Dallas. All right, we'll put you down for the big star there. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with the Cowboys this weekend. I, I mean, that's exactly right. It's a battle of backup quarterbacks, but uh, I guess this is still better than picking NASCAR or something this weekend. Chuck, who do you like? Oh, I'll flip a coin and go with the Cowboys. I see where the over-under is 37 and a half. That's a, uh, you know, it's a preseason game. It's mm-hmm. hard to know how it's going to go, yeah. but uh, I'll pick Dallas. All right, we've got the Chiefs at the Saints. The Saints are a three-point favorite. Ooh. I'll take the Saints. They're at home. So, uh, Saints for this weekend for me. They'll go marching in. I'm going to go with the Saints as well. My dad's a big Saint fan, so I'm going to I'm gonna hang in there with them. Well, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs since you guys are going with right. uh, New Orleans. Going the opposite island. All right. 49ers at Raiders. The Niners a four-point favorite. Ooh. In Vegas. In who you, Vegas. Who do you like, wow. Chuck? Uh, the Raiders. Yeah. I'm going to go the Niners. Give me the Raiders. <laughs> All right. In our only MLB game, it's an interesting one. The Cardinals at Royals. Interesting in what way? <laughs> interesting in how bad they are. <laughs> and they're, you know, kind of rival. Kind of rivals, I guess. Semi, sort of. I'll take the Royals. You got the Royals? Yeah, I'll take them. Chuck, you going to go with your team or the other team? (laughs) It's only a two-game series. It's only a two-game series. They're not playing Sunday. It's just tonight and tomorrow. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Brett McMurphy's with the Action Network. He joins us now. He covers college football. He's a name you know and a voice you trust. And, Brett, thanks for joining us this morning. It has been a seismic week in college sports. Uh, you know, I, I, We were relating this last week, probably since the Southwest Conference collapsed and all those teams joined the then Big 8 to make the Big 12. Probably never been such a big change in a 24-hour period as what we saw last Friday. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean that. Uh, and look, I'm an Oklahoma State guy, so you know I don't like the fact that there's no no more Southwest Conference. And I hate this, um, but this is this is the new reality. And yeah, that was that was huge with the Southwest Conference. Obviously, this impacted uh, you know the Pac-12 blowing up, but they kind of splintered to a bunch of different schools. And you know we may find out today what happens with. Um, you know, the Pac-4 schools, Oregon State, Washington State, Cal and Stanford. Um, I, I expect Oregon State and Washington State to end up in the Mountain West. Uh, Cal and Stanford still trying to get into uh, still trying to get into the ACC. We'll see if they're successful doing it. But, yeah, um, last Friday, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise, the old movie, but 
I felt like one of those precogs, you know, laying in the water, and I kept having to pr- produce those red balls, you know, as far as conference realignment. And I just want to fast forward to the end of the movie where I'm out relaxing, <laughs> reading a book, have all the phones turned off. But I'm afraid we've still got a ways to go until that happens. You know, Brett, the conventional wisdom has been that when the season starts, all this is going to cease for a little while. Do you think that's true, or are we going to have more news in this regard even after they're playing football? Uh, I I think it should. I don't know. It will it will definitely slow down. I mean, a key date to look at is next week, August fifteenth. If any ACC schools want to leave. Um, before the 2024 season, they have to notify the ACC before August 15th. So that's a key date. So after August 15th, as far as the ACC schools, I, I'm 100% confident nobody during the season is going to announce, hey, we're going to get out in two years. So, yeah, I think it will it will finally slow down. Um, you know, we'll have some resolution out west with those Pac-4 schools. And then, you know, have what, you know, hopefully will be a, a, another tremendous season, the final year of the 14 playoff. I know a lot of people are excited about that. Um, and then we move to the 12-team playoff next year. So I think we'll probably go maybe another more week, and then hopefully we could actually have a week or two uh, leading up to the season where, you know, people can talk about football and not wondering uh, what, what conference we're going to end up in. I think a lot of people in the SEC, and I would include Arkansas fans in this as well, wonder, how is this going to affect us? Is this going to affect us? You mentioned next week, ACC. Sounds like Florida State thinks they've got a way out of this grant of rights deal. Clemson may too. Do you think that they'll announce before next week they're leaving the ACC, and whether it's announced or not, do you think the SEC is going to be their landing spot? I, if you would have asked me last week, I would have said, yes, I think they're going to get out before August 15th. Now I think, I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to wait. I mean, Florida State's president was very upfront in their Board of Regents meeting, you know, a couple weeks ago and basically said it's not if we, if we leave, but when and how. And basically said they need a 12-month exit plan. So I, I'm not expecting either one to get out in before August 15th. And about where they end up, that's... That's the billion-dollar question, because here's the deal. If you ask Greg Sankey, do you want to add Florida State and Clemson, he's probably not going to, he's probably not wanting to do that. He already has the state of Florida. He has the state of South Carolina. So when you add those guys, you're not really adding much um, value to the conference overall, and that's based on, you know, the TV rights and all that stuff. However... The thinking then is, well, if you don't add them, they could go to the Big Ten. So would you rather add a school that maybe you don't want to add, that would both, they'd both be great members, or do you take them because you don't want the Big Ten to plant their flag down in the southeastern part of the United States? That's, that's the unknown. There's not a right or wrong answer. It's a philosophy. I don't know what the SEC would do. I know Sankey was on with Feinbaum the other day, and he said, oh, we're, we're, not, we're not looking to do anything. We're fine. We're settled. Well, yeah, because nobody's available that they want. You know, if all these schools get out of the ACC, and you're right, Florida State thinks they can, but it, the ACC thinks they can't. So that's going to be, you know, a lot of rich lawyers, surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. if this happens. Um, but I've been told, actually, the two schools that would bring the most value to the SEC, um, one's Notre Dame, obviously, the golden goose for everybody. The other one might surprise you, and that's North Carolina. And I'm sure people are saying, why in the world North Carolina? What have they done? Well, on the field, not much compared to Clemson or even Florida State. But what they do is they bring in the largest state um, in the country that currently does not have either a Big Ten or SEC program. So you're bringing in a whole new set of eyeballs, a whole new, um, you know, almost it's like territory. And so that's um, that's somewhere I think the SEC would really look at. But, yes, the, the FSU-Clemson um, question, you know, a lot of people that I trust say there's no way we're adding those guys. Hmm. Absolutely no way. 
And people that I trust say, yeah, the SEC would have to get those guys. Brett McMurphy, Action Network, with us on the McClarty Daniel Highlight. So North Carolina would fit with some other things Sankey has said the last few weeks, and that's about contiguous footprint, not going into states like you're talking about and replicating where you're already at in South Carolina and Florida. North Carolina, from that regard, would make sense. Who else might make sense when you look at continuing the contiguous footprint that Sankey has spoken about? Well, I, you know, I think one scenario would be, you know, if you get North Carolina, I think the SEC's thinking was if they could get North Carolina and Duke, and again, everything's about football, except this would not be about football, um, then the SEC could make a really strong argument in their belief anyway, they already have the best conference in football. You bring in North Carolina and Duke, then suddenly your basketball um, profile is going to increase where they could challenge the Big 12 is the top basketball conference in the country. I know Sankey likes to, to you know, roll out the continuous state line all the time. Um, I think ultimately they're going to take what's best. I mean, if they could get Notre Dame, they would no longer be continuous states. And by, oh, by the way, that doesn't mean like you're the best conference because all your states are next to each other. If so, let's give the MAC the national champ because they've got 12 teams in, my, in like a 50 mile radius. And by the way, I love the MAC because they haven't had any realignment yeah. issues, you know, in the past several years. And I always joke when the world ends, two things will survive cockroaches in the MAC conference. <laughs> Maction. Get some Maction Mac- on a Wednesday. So. Hey, Brett, what about the playoff? 12 teams, it seems like all we're really certain about now is that there's going to be 12 teams. I mean, they're going to have to revamp all this, aren't they? Yeah, they will. I think it's. I think it'll be an easy fit for the last two years, and that's simply, you know, it doesn't, and it doesn't matter what's going to happen with the Pac-12 or the Mountain West because one of those leagues will no longer exist. I don't think the Pac-12 will will get the Mountain West to dissolve and bring them all into the Pac-12. But I think it's more likely that, like I said, Oregon State, Washington State go to the Mountain West. There is no more Pac-12. So I think simply the final, we, again, we have two years of the 12-team playoff in the current contract. I think we'll just simply drop the automatic qualifiers from six conference champions down to five conference champions with automatic bids, and then that adds an additional at-large spot, which is obviously important to the SEC and Big Ten, since they're fairly confident they would get that spot. But what's going to be tricky is, even though they've agreed to go a 12-team playoff from the 2026 season on, there is no set format on how they're going to do that. They have to determine that. And, and those folks are the, are the commissioners. So, obviously, the SEC and the Big Ten have the most power. So, how will they want the, the future 12-team playoff to look? Will they want um, just simply the 12 highest-ranked teams? Will they only want three conference champs to get automatic bids? Uh, how will they want to do that? You know, I don't know. I, the one thing, I mean, I'd love it if it was simply the, the 12 highest-rated teams. But I think one thing that would probably keep that from happening is then you, you wouldn't have the non-power conferences um, having any access to the playoff. And I, don't, I think they have to make an exception for them. I can argue that, look, if you're not a 12, top 12, you shouldn't be in the playoff. I don't care what conference you're in. But again, you know, they need to be able to include them somehow, some way. That's why they did the six champs for the, for the last two years of this deal. So I think somehow they'll have an option to do that. But, um, but yeah, I think it'll be great because then you can lose two games, even maybe three games, and still get into a 12-team playoff where, you know, this year we've got Florida State and, and LSU opening up the, the Sunday night or the first weekend. I've got both of them ranked in my top six in the country. I don't think they're gonna, both going to finish in the top six because one of them is going to lose that game and unfortunately, they're going to have to run the table to get to the college football playoff because of everything that the selection committee and everyone else has said about all the things they value. There's been one constant all nine years, and that is you can't have two losses. So when we get to the 12-team playoff, you know, hopefully this will encourage more big-time matchups because teams won't be penalized if they lose early and they don't feel like they have to go with 12-0 or 11-1 to get in there. What do you think about the Razorbacks, Brett? 
Well, I was actually just looking. We, um, our guys that are a lot smarter than me that do our do our power ratings. I was actually looking at them right before I came on. We actually have them projected to be favored in nine games. Um, the yeah. only games that as underdogs are LSU, a uh, ten point dog, Ole Miss seven point dog, and uh, who am I missing? Oh, Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> yeah, how could I forget Alabama? Eleven point dog. Now, so you're uh, saying they're favored against A and M is what you're also saying. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say there's a few games that basically there's there's literally four games that are basically a toss up. A and M, we got Arkansas two point favorite. Uh, well, Mississippi State's a, a six year six point favorite. Um, actually, have you a, a one and a half point favorite at Florida? A basically a pick 'em or a one point favorite against Auburn, and a five point favorite against Missouri. So. Um, you know, basically there's four or five toss-up games in there. So, um, you know, obviously the, the job Sam's done there has been incredible. Um, he's he's one of my, not only one of my favorite coaches, but one of my favorite people to deal with. He's he's outstanding. I don't need to tell you guys that. Um, I, I think you guys are in a good position. I think, you know, the BYU game is, you know, BYU plays a different style. That's, you know, week three. If you get past that, and then you have LSU, you know, obviously LSU, I just talked about them. I think LSU could challenge Alabama um, in the West. But if, if LSU loses that Florida State game, that could really impact them. And, and um, you know, I think Arkansas gets off to, to a fast start. And then just seeing how you guys do in those coin flip games after Alabama. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I do my bowl projections. I have you. I forgot where I have you guys, but you'll easily get – get uh, past the six-win deal. But whether you can get up to that nine or ten win mark, I think it depends on, um, you know, how some of these coin flip games play out the second half of the season. Brett, that's great stuff that uh, I think excited a lot of our fans. We appreciate you joining us this morning here on the Morning Rush. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I don't think most of our audience would have expected Brett, who who deals with, with the lines, with the Action Network, could have said, to have said Arkansas would be favored in nine games. That that kind of blew me away a little bit. Well, I was surprised a little bit, to be honest. I don't know how you come up with Arkansas as a one-and-a-half point favorite at Gainesville. What if K.J. hadn't played in three weeks and Florida's 7-0? and oh? I mean, you tell me it's going to be Arkansas by one-and-a-half? But when you look at it on paper, yeah, I mean, it's... it's um, guys, we're going to be a good team. Now, what he said at the end was this. Well, we already knew what transpired last year and the year before. It's about four games in there. Last year, they lost those four games by nine points. The year before, I don't have the figures right in front of me, but they won those games, or at least the majority of them. And that's why they ended up in Tampa. Last year, they lost them. They ended up in Memphis. Same thing this year. There's going to be three or four games that determine the worth of your season when you look back on it in total. May not feel like it at the time, but when you look back, you're going to say, man, that was a pivotal moment right there. There's going to be three or four of them like that. He's right. And right now, at least when they put it down on paper, they've got Arkansas making those handful of plays to win the game. Last year they didn't. They obviously think they will this year. Florida, you're a road favorite. The other surprising was you're a narrow one-point home favorite in their estimate against Auburn. That I would have figured Auburn would have been a few more points than than a pick more or less. I think Auburn may surprise some people. We can laugh about some of the things Hugh Freeze has found himself involved in. and um, Sometimes he gets a little carried away when he speaks, but the guy can coach. He can flat-out coach. Um, you know, there aren't many, we saw it firsthand last there year. There aren't many coaches in our league that can say, yeah, I've, I've beaten Alabama a couple of times during the Alabama heyday. Now, many guys can say that. You know, Freeze is a good football coach. He's a good ball coach. He'll recruit well. Auburn's Auburn. We may not like to admit it, but they got a lot of tradition down there, more than most. So I don't think anybody who thinks Auburn's going to be down for very long is on target. There's still a glass ceiling to crack, and whether we like it or not, historically, Auburn's still one of those teams we got to pass. We're right there with them right now. We really are. I think we're right there with them. Not historically, but now. But you got to pass them. you got to beat them. But Auburn's going to be better than you think. A lot of people focused on this scrimmage tomorrow, Chuck. Their uh, first padded practice was yesterday. 
You'll have another practice today. You'll have a, 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 a I, I call it kind of a midterm exam. I think uh, there will be a lot come out of the film. Coach talked about watching all the practice film, and I think uh, tomorrow is a big evaluation day, not necessarily for starters, but who earns some of these backup roles? Yeah, it's a big day for all of them. Uh, solidifying your spot if you're a starter and making certain you're part of the rotation if you're not. You know, the thing about this preseason practice now is, you know, we can talk about scrimmages coming up and all that, but we don't see them. You know, we don't see them anymore. So it is different from a fan's perspective. When we read reports, and I'm not knocking anybody's reports, they're reporting on what they see, but they're not seeing very much. So, you know, I don't know from a fan's perspective if, you know, all we're going to know about the scrimmage is what they tell us when it's over. That's what we're going to know. And so it is different than it once was. There was a time, and not saying we should go back there. I'm just saying there was a time when you could, you know, people went and watched everything. And, you know, we're, we're through that era now. So there's still a lot for us to learn. And what we're hearing right now is, is you know, it's not that anyone's being misled. It's just not the full picture. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.